What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Today, Matt and I are going to talk about week 13 of the NFL season. We're talking about Tom Brady doing it yet again. The Cowboys big win, the Bengals victory over the Chiefs, and maybe a couple other games as well. But first, if you haven't got a chance yet, go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash fouled out. We are posting non-NFL podcasts there every week in December. This past week, I emptied my sports notebook, talked about the World Cup, the college football playoff, as well as the Beam team, the Sacramento Kings, and their awesome start to the season. This upcoming weekend, I'm going to be previewing my favorite bowl games from the college football bowl season. Uh, All of the non-playoff games that I'm looking forward to the most. So you're not going to want to miss that one. We have a couple other hockey, basketball, some other sports coming up on the Patreon too. So go check that out. It is only $3 a month, which is less than you pay for a cup of coffee in the morning. I know it's a fantastic deal and it can be all yours for just $3. But all right, Matt is coming on to talk about week 13. Let's go. All right, Matt is here. Fresh off the heels of week 13 and Baker Mayfield becoming the new quarterback for the Rams today. Matt, how you feeling, buddy? Uh, I'm feeling a lot better about the odds of getting the number one or two pick in this draft. I I don't like your odds of one just because the Texans are so yeah. bad. But yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be like top five minimum. Yeah, I'd have to look at the Texans' schedule, but I feel like they could like fumble into a couple wins. The Lions and Rams trade is really starting to look like one of the biggest like win-win trades. Yeah, that we've seen, especially in football. It's like the Lions are going to greatly accelerate their rebuild mm-hmm. or the reload after what we've seen the last couple weeks, and then the right. Rams got their Super Bowl. It's like. Yeah, it's going to suck to be a Rams fan for a little while here, <laughs> but that that's what you guys, this is the bill. Like you just had this huge dinner, you ordered a bunch of food, you had dessert and drinks and you had a great time and now the bill's here and now it's time to pay the bill and this is, we paying this bill for years now. They took out the, the black unlimited card for years and uh, it didn't pay any attention to what the balance was then yeah this this is the balance but they got exactly what they were purchasing so i I feel like the rams are like every scandal documentary that i've ever watched on netflix where like the person's living large and having a great time and everything's going really well and then all of a sudden it all comes to like a crashing halt and it's like oh they go to prison and all that but while they were doing the scandal it was amazing and it was such an awesome thing I was going to say it's like an like the the trajectory of Allen Iverson's career. Oof, except they got a championship at least. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, he's poor. got rings just not like the important one. Poor AI. Well, all right, we were talking about week 13. Monday night football, the Buccaneers beat the Saints 17 to 16. You know those radio shows where they have like the drops they put in? It's like the little artificial drop. It's like a clip from a TV show. Yeah. 
if we were like a radio show, this would be the part where we hit the drop where Aaron Paul in Breaking Bad goes, he can't keep getting away with it. Tom Brady, they had three points. The Buccaneers had three points all the way up until three minutes left in the game. Tom Brady, two touchdown drives in the last three minutes to steal this one from the Saints. He just he just keeps doing it. It just doesn't matter. He just keeps doing it. I mean, yes. What do you expect when you are rolling out the corpse of Andy Dalton? It's my thing. Is that like even at Andy Dalton's prime, he was literally the main example. It was it was called the Andy Dalton line of like quarterback who could maybe get you to the playoffs, but like was never going to win you a playoff game. Now he's a show of that. And we've talked about it before. I don't understand why this is what you're the hill that this team is willing to die on. Yeah. He, he just would, doesn't offer anything. You would think at like four and eight now, four and nine, you'd be maybe willing to try something else. Seeing that this obviously hasn't worked this season and is yeah. not starting to work anytime soon. I think there's a lot of coaches who are just like risk averse. Mm-hmm. And that Andy Dalton is maybe like the safer option because he is going to be like that Mendoza line level player who's just replacement value player. Mm-hmm. And that like the even though the upside of Winston is higher, the floor is also a lot lower. And so they're just OK sticking with the safe option, even though they're losing football yeah. games because they're like, ah, if I th- if I run Winston out there and he throws like four interceptions, then I'm really in trouble. I mean, yeah, it certainly looks worse. Like, from an optics standpoint. In terms of winning a game and the X's and O's and all that. Eliminating, like, eliminating turnovers literally doesn't matter if you can't put up points. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you can't score. So... You you got to do something different if you're struggling to like break through to 20 points. Yeah, if I was coaching that team, I'd just be like, okay, we're four and nine. We're in last place in the worst division in football. We have to, I would just be trying everything. I'd be like, we're going to start yeah. Taysom Hill. We're going to start Jameis Winston. We might play two quarterbacks at the same time. I'm just, I'm going to start getting crazy because I'm getting fired anyway. Like Dennis Allen is probably going to get fired already anyway. Why not pull everything there is out of the bag of tricks? Like throw the kitchen sink at the season, especially in a big game against a division rival. Instead, you don't. You only come away with 16 points and you leave yourself open for this comeback. Because if if they had scored on any other Mm -hmm. drive in this game, it's over. Yeah. You're closing the door and they just couldn't get it done. And like granted... The Buccaneers defense is good, but mm-hmm. you couldn't put the game away because you can't score points. Yeah. Obviously, Jameis Winston, while well, he had some success last year before he got hurt, still very much unproven in the ability to take care of the ball. But we know that he's proven over the course of his career that he can put up some points. He'll throw the ball away while he's doing that but he'll put up some points 
And oh, by the way, your defense is pretty good too. Like more or less, not as good as we were hoping it would be this year, but maybe give them a little confidence that they can make a couple of stops if you have some unfortunate turnovers. I saw a tweet today that said we need to study Alvin Kamara's fantasy football decline, like in a lab. They're like, they need to devote people to see why this guy's fallen off so far. I was like, like, really? Do you? The offense is bad. The yeah. offense is bad, and you have a bad quarterback. Michael Thomas hasn't played almost this entire season. Yeah. Like, Olave is really good, but Landry is, you know, always been mm-hmm. really overrated and kind of mediocre. Why do we have to study Kamara's decline? He's, he's just in a bad offense, and he has a lot of yeah. miles on him now. So, yeah, I mean, not a good team. If if you're a defensive coordinator and you're coming up against the Saints, the number one I'm think thing I'm thinking is, okay, well, I'm not going to let Alvin Kamara beat me because I know Andy Dalton can't do it. He so didn't do it yesterday. He hasn't done it all year. Nope. Uh, on Brady's side of things, on the Buck side of things, this was Tom Brady's forty fourth career comeback in the fourth quarter or overtime, which actually broke the record. He was tied with Peyton Manning at 43. He now also has that record as if he needed another record. How many records is this guy going to get before he retires? He just like, I feel like he has a checklist somewhere where he's just like, I have to cross off every single conceivable quarterback record before I retire. Like nobody (laughs) else can even have one. Yeah, no, he's trying to Jerry Rice it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last week with Tom Brady, too. This was the thing last week that pissed me off so much is that they were beating Cleveland and just needed to score to put the game away. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. And Cleveland scores a touchdown to send it to overtime. And then he gets two drives in overtime and can't do anything in overtime. Yeah. And he comes back this week and erases you know, 13 point deficit with three minutes left. And it's just like, this is, this is the guy, this is Tom Brady. Even though he's 46 and like, hasn't looked as good this season as he has in the past. I believe the words we used last week where he's on the precipice of the cliff. Mm -hmm. Although I feel like this week, he just kind of looked over the cliff and was like, eh, fuck that. And then like came back. Both them cliffs. Is there any quarterback in the league that you would rather see less in a playoff game than Tom Brady? I mean, historically speaking, no. (laughs) Coming into these playoffs, I would still probably much rather see Tom Brady than like, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. But beyond that, (laughs) like, (laughs) I think that's that's the the thing that's crazy is like, no matter (laughs) how like kind of old he looks and like the arm isn't maybe yeah. what it quite used to be and all that. It's like, God, there are very few quarterbacks. I would rather see less than Tom, yeah. uh, especially in the NFC, man, mm-hmm. the, the NFC quarterback yeah. picture is looking pretty rough right now. Yeah. I mean, the potential quarterbacks that we're looking at in the NFC, Jalen hurts, Kirk cousins, Brock Purdy or yeah, I guess it's Brock Purdy in San Francisco. Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Taylor Heineke, maybe Jared Goff. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what's wild is that we're sitting at a point where Jared Goff is 
firmly cemented in like the top five NFC quarterbacks right now. It's kind of a wild list. And it's like, man, I do wonder if we're going to see some of these teams jockey for position a little bit down the stretch to maybe play like a Daniel Jones instead of like a Geno Smith. There, There was a rumor that came out this past week that there is potential for Tom Brady to come back to the Patriots after this season. And I got asked, would you want Tom Brady back if it meant having to do something with Mac Jones? And what I want the audience to know is that I will do whatever it takes with (laughs) Mac Jones to have Tom Brady back as a Patriot. I will trade Mac Jones. I will bench Mac Jones. I will sacrifice Mac Jones to an eldritch God. I don't care. Bring Tom Brady back to the Patriots. Just do it. I don't care what you have to do. (gasps) Goodbye. Goodbye, Mac Jones. Yeah, no, I feel like anyone who's asking that question doesn't understand how important the quarterback position is. I also, I think part of that is just like, people also can't understand how important Tom Brady is to Patriot fans. Yeah. To have the greatest quarterback of all time for 20 seasons and win six Super Bowls and go to nine Mm -hmm. and go through all the shit that we went through with him. If there's any opportunity for him to come back, I do. I don't even care about mortgaging the future. Bring him back. We got a hundred million dollars in cap space. We'll go get some wide receivers. You can handpick your offensive coordinator. It can't be worse than what we have right now. Just come back, Tom. Come back. We'll do whatever it takes. Oh, you will. I don't know about Bill. <laughs> oh, he'll be fine. I'll convince him. He'll. We'll get him on the podcast. Come on the podcast, Bill. We'll talk through it. Come talk with Jose Calderon on the podcast. Yeah, awesome. Uh, but on from Monday night to Sunday night football, the Cowboys beat the Colts 54 to 19 powered by a 33 point fourth quarter. Yeah. When Cooper rush was starting for the Cowboys, I I talked about this earlier in the season where I think that the Cowboys are a much better team when they're not like this wide open air it out kind of team where they're throwing the ball all Mm -hmm. over the place. When they focus on the run game, let their defense do its job and play good special teams, that's where they're at their most dangerous. And I think that's what we saw here because they put up 50 plus points with Dak Prescott only having like 170 yards and three touchdowns. He was kind of just pulling the trigger on that whole thing. Whereas, you know, in the past when he was starting to look like one of the better quarterbacks in the league, uh, and not having as much uh, team success, he was kind of carrying the load more. Um, and also, like, let's be real, part of what we saw in that quarter, too, is just the complete and utter collapse of one of another team, too. So, like, there's two teams on the field, and they both react to a situation in one way or another, and one of them responded pretty well, and the other one did not respond very well at all. No, I, I like the Cowboys a lot more as like Dak Prescott as the point guard. Yeah. And we're just going to distribute the ball to because they have like a pretty good array of weapons there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, Zeke is Zeke. But if you're featuring Pollard more, 
then that makes Zeke a little bit better too. Zeke doesn't need to touch the ball 20 to 30 times a game. No. So Zeke Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, like Gallup looked pretty good. They, they're pretty good array of weaponry for him to just kind of play point guard too. And then, man, the defense and special teams are legitimately very good this season. They're number one in DVOA for defense and special teams right now. I'm like, this is the formula for a Cowboys team to have success in the playoffs. But my fear is like, what happens when you get into that playoff game against the Buccaneers and they start shutting down the run game? Mm -hmm. And it's like, can you be patient enough with the run game to keep writing that out? Or do they just go like, okay, fuck this. We're going to throw the ball 40 times. And also, because a big part of that, that DVLA is like, okay, we're getting turnovers and we turn it into points. When you go into the playoffs, eventually you're going to run into a team that's just not going to let you do that. Like they're going to take care of the ball. That's going to be a massive priority for them. And they're going to make you grind it out. And they're going to try and take away your best weapon on offense. It's going to be the run game. So that then puts more pressure back on Dak Prescott to be the guy. And I just don't know that he can do that. I think a game between them and the Buccaneers would be particularly interesting with how good Tampa's run D is. Mm -hmm. And then the Dallas Cowboys pass rush against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay offense. Like that would be particularly interesting to me. I, it looks like that's where we're headed right now. Yeah. So it's a game we'll be looking forward to. Was Dallas's helmet on Sunday the ugliest helmet you've ever seen in the NFL? It had like a red, white, and blue stripe. It was just their regular helmet, but it was like a red, white, and blue stripe right down oh, the middle. I think, yeah, that rings a bell now. Yeah, I don't like that. It just doesn't look good. It just doesn't. And we keep going back to this all the time. Like there are so many fans out there who come up with like really, really good concept art for helmets and jerseys and all this shit. And teams never fucking use it ever. You realize that like these fans that are creating this shit, NFL teams could probably lowball them the rights to that work. And it would be more money than those fans ever imagined being offered for their work. Like, I would bet you that there are people who do that that would let NFL teams use it for free. Right. Just for like the advertising of like, hey, this is my jersey that I created for an NFL team. Yeah, it's just it's it's a major missed opportunity that every professional franchise has missed. And it blows my mind. Like it's it's right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get that, especially when like we're recycling old jerseys that are really bad. Like yeah. Green Bay has that one that's like brown and blue and has like the big yellow circle. The yeah. Steelers have that one that's like the bumblebee costume. Yeah. Like there are some particularly horrible football jerseys out there. Yeah. Like rancid. The the thing that bothered me about Dallas's on Sunday was not necessarily that it was red, white, and blue. It was just like, 
it was a bad design choice. Right. And they just wore their regular uniforms and like put this stripe on their helmets that look like crap. Yeah, like, no, it's 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 not a it's not a redesign or anything. It's just changing the colors, so it's not creative at all. And the colors did not make it look any better. In fact, it made it look worse. And then there's the tertiary aspect of you're literally only doing this because you know the reaction it'll get from some people by using those colors, which like I get it. Like that's what marketing's all about is <laughs> understanding how people re- will react and using that to get the reaction that you want. But I still don't like it. Yeah, they're like, Jerry, here's a photo of you from 1957 trying to keep your high school segregated. How do you feel about this? And he's like, look at this stripe that's on our helmets. It's very American. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it. Look at what a patriot I am. I feel like the Ooh. NFL is probably begging for that Cowboys Bucks game in the playoffs, though. I I just maybe it's just the first round of the NFC playoffs to me, but just like looking at, like we said, the quarterbacks that are going to be there, they need some marketability. Yeah, like we're going to be watching Brock Purdy start an NFL playoff game. Probably against Daniel Jones. That's that's going to be a real game that's going to happen. Not to mention, like, you're going to have, like, either Goff or Heineke. Kirk Cousins is going to be out there. Like, it's so interesting to look at the NFC playoff picture and the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs. Because, like, Hertz is probably the best one. But we don't know how he's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And then you look at the you look at the AFC and it's like, oh yeah, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Tua. I'm not sure what happened with Lamar. Like, I don't know if Lamar's knee is gonna be okay, but like maybe Lamar, maybe Justin Herbert. Like, it's like an embarrassment of riches. And we talked about this in the playoffs last year. Is that like the AFC is just gonna be like a goddamn cage match every year? Yeah. With these quarterbacks, while the NFC is just like, here's Brock Purdy, baby. <laughs> yeah, and like that's the thing is you look at the Lions, and if they magically find their way, squeeze their way into the, that seventh seed, if they aren't yeah, yeah, as long as they're not going up against Tom Brady, they probably have the better quarterback in the matchup, so they've got a legitimate chance of winning the game. Mm, I I would take most of those other quarterbacks over Jared Goff still. You take it over Brock Purdy. Well, I I'm not taking Dak over him. I would take Hertz, Dak, Cousins, and Geno Smith over him. Well, and you're Tom not Brady. playing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you might actually end up playing. You're not playing Hertz or you you you'll play maybe one of Hertz or cousins, but one of them's not going to be available in the first round. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to play Hertz or cousins in the first round. Yeah. And then if you go to the second round, you're going to play the other one. So it's tough. It's tough yeah. with Jared Goff. Yeah. I know. I know you guys yeah. are winning and playing well, but don't forget. How well, you felt yeah. About Jared yeah. Goff I guess. All season. Yeah. Well, no. I'm. What? A, 
let me let me rephrase this. <laughs> we just listed all these quarterbacks that are in there, and I'm more saying that he is one of the better quarterbacks in the playoffs. Yeah, honestly, I'd probably take him over, like definitely over Brock Purdy, probably yeah. over Heineke and Daniel Jones. Like he's not he's not going to be the worst quarterback in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> That's no something. like like after Cousins and Hurts, like. Is probably the next one up. I mean, you got <laughs> Brady and Dak still. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's. I'm. I'm. Yeah, like he's probably four for me in that group. He's a top four or five quarterback in the NFC. Yeah, which is a sad statement Ooh. because, like, I do not want him on my roster next year. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. If he wins and- a playoff game, he will be on your roster next year. Oh, for I mean, even if we don't make the playoffs, there's a strong possibility he's on our roster next year. Yeah, he's probably on the roster either way. Yeah. Yeah, it is just crazy to look at like the AFC versus the NFC. It, it reminds me of when we were growing up and the NBA playoffs would be like, okay, all eight teams in the West have 50 wins. And then the East is like, we have four teams that are over 500. It's like just absolute ridiculousness where you look at like the all-star yeah. lineup in the West versus the all-star lineup in the East. And it's just like a dream team versus like LeBron and four dudes who play rec <laughs> basketball at the YMCA. Cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not pretty right now. And I'm going to call it now. There's only going to, I don't know who it's going to be, but there's probably only going to be, one quarterback from this class that's going to be any good. I'm like, I'm pretty down on this class that's coming in right now. Yeah. And when I say any good, like, can sustain multiple years as a starter. Like, any good. Like, worth staying in the league. Yeah. But speaking of AFC quarterbacks, Big story from Sunday, the Bengals defeat the Chiefs 27 to 24 in Cincinnati. Does Kansas City have a Bengals problem? Yes. I think they might. So since he's taken the last three times in a row. Yeah, since he's taken the last three matchups, 27 to 24 twice, one of them in the AFC championship game. And then at the end of last year, since he won 34 to 31. Seems like Joe Burrow kind of has like the edge early in this rivalry against Patrick Mahomes. We kind of talked about it a little bit with Brady, but like he's one of those guys that's got that it factor. And not to say that Mahomes doesn't, because well, I have watched him play, and it it seems that he might just indeed have that it factor. The thing is, is that anytime you're going up another against a, another one of those guys, like your advantage is gone. I think that Kansas City has really uh gotten used to and relied on the fact that they've had that advantage for what five years now. It's kind of tough when you have to make that adjustment. Like they've got to find a way to make that not be a disadvantage for them because right now it's not even it's it's a disadvantage yeah the thing that concerns me 
most for Kansas City against the Bengals is that they're getting beat. Like, this is going to sound stupid, but they're getting beat in the game. So they've had significant leads in all three of those games that I mentioned, Mm -hmm. only for Cincinnati to turn the tables and make adjustments during the game. And like Andy Reid is getting out coached by Zach Taylor and Lou Anarumo. The Sunday game was a little bit more back and forth than the other two, but the Chiefs had a 24 to 17 lead after three quarters. And you would think like, okay, you're up by seven after three quarters. It's time to put the other team away. The AFC championship, the Chiefs were up 21 to three and lost 27-24. And then the game that was at the end of last year, the Chiefs were up 21 to seven and 28 to 14 and ended up losing 34-31. So Andy Reid and his staff are coming in with good game plans and getting out to fast starts against the Bengals, but the adjustments that the Bengals coaching staff and especially defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo are able to make during the game are winning the Bengals this game, along with Joe Bur- like Joe Burrow's ability to just be unflappable and to keep leading those comebacks. Sometimes it's just an issue of a team that you just don't match up with well. And... I think that's also like very much the case here. We talked about it last year in both of the matchups that they wound up winning is that like the way they play their defense, a lot of too high coverages is something that Mahomes doesn't do particularly well with. I think he's, overall managed that a lot better this year but is it mentally a little bit different (laughs) when you are going up against this team that maybe you feel like has your number a little bit too so um maybe he's pressing when he goes up against them because well yeah he sees the too high coverage but he wants to prove he can make the play anyways what he's done so well this year is not force himself into making the play. It was really interesting to see how this game went the other day and to have it be so similar to what happened last year because the Chiefs are such a different team this year after trading away Tyreek Hill and investing so much money in the offensive line and like new pieces on defense. You have this pretty much new Chiefs team around Patrick Mahomes and for this to end the same way against one of the elite contenders in the AFC is like a little bit alarming and just like, man, I, if I was the chiefs, I'd be like, probably don't want to see those guys in the playoffs. Right. Especially not in the first round. You got to hope they win their division. Look, beating you twice in a row is one thing. I'm sure they were like really ready to go. Thought they had it going into the AFC championship game. They beat you three times in a row. How does that not get in your head? But yeah, definitely three times in two years is definitely a concern, especially when one of them was at your place in the AFC championship game. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how you want that game set up for you. Makes me think about how important that one seed is going to be in the AFC this year. So the Bills or Chiefs are tied at nine and three, and the Bills have the tiebreaker from their game earlier this year. One of your second round matchups is going to be against the Cincinnati Bengals, very likely. And the other one's going to get like 
maybe Miami or Tennessee or something like that. And I, I would infinitely rather see any other team in the second round than Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals. If I'm the bills or the chiefs. I can argue with that. Um, I, the chiefs kind of shot themselves in the foot there. They, they would certainly be one that the Titans don't want to see if they still had a, a certain wide receiver who's having a very, very good year, but um, they, they are currently right now, like they're Achilles heel, your favorite part of the body. Yeah, <laughs> definitely didn't cringe there. The thing about Cincinnati that's so funny to me is people are like, oh man, Cincinnati's really rounding into form right now. But what did you expect? Joe Burrow missed the preseason and had an appendectomy before the season started. Chase has missed a lot of time recently. Like they're finally getting all their weapons back together and getting healthy. And like, yeah, no shit. They look really good all of a sudden and really dangerous in the playoffs. Like they're going to be ready to go. Lamar, it looks like he's going to miss some time. So they're going to take, I think, take the division over from the Ravens and get a home playoff game in Cincinnati too. And I, it's a dangerous team when they're firing on all cylinders. I don't want to face Joe Burrow with some momentum behind him. No, no, thank you. I just rather not face Joe Burrow. (laughs) Uh, So there's five weeks left in the NFL season. Do you have any bold predictions for the last five weeks of the season. Can I just say chaos? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you mine. So my bold prediction and like just a reminder to everybody that when we go bold on this show, we go bold. Bold prediction for the rest of the NFL season, the Detroit Lions and the Las Vegas Raiders make the playoffs. I, I mean, for the Lions, obviously really like how they're playing right now. I think if they win this game against the Vikings on Sunday, there's a chance that they could go undefeated down the stretch. Just Mm -hmm. like looking at the rest of the teams on their schedule, they're favored on Sunday, which I can't tell if that's a trap game or (laughs) I'm trying to figure out this line. I'm trying to decipher this line. Is this like a, the Vikings have plus money. So, everybody bets on them and then the lions win or is this like a, the lions have been winning people a bunch of money lately. So we're going to make them a favorite and then the Vikings win still trying to figure that one out, but like DVOA and Vegas both hate Minnesota. They hate them so much. They remind me in a lot of ways. Um, I can't remember what year it was, but that, that Packers team that went like, I think it was they went like 13 and three, but like DVOA said they should have been like seven and nine. That's pretty much any year from like the last five years. That's that's fair, but I, I will say that at least like the last couple of years, like they had enough going on with their defense. Uh, and Devontae Adams is really, really good. So. And if you give Aaron Jones the ball, he does Aaron Jones things. Yeah. Speaking of Devontae Adams, I think the Raiders have a shot at making the playoffs right now, too. They're also two games out. He gone super sane. I just like the way that they've been playing lately. 
like they've been focusing a lot on Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs, who are their two best players. Mm-hmm. And then the pass rush is doing pretty good. They're they're thirty second in defensive DVOA, so I think this one actually might be a little bit more of a stretch than the Lions. But they just got their must win game. They had to beat the Chargers yeah. this Sunday, and they got the job done. And Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs have just been like monsters lately. Like yep. Dev- Devonte Adams has had two touchdowns in three of their last five games, seven touchdowns in the last five games overall. Josh Jacobs is just running wild. So that's my, if I'm going to go really bold, that's my bold prediction. Lions and Raiders both make the playoffs. I'm going to take this opportunity to throw in what I, what was going to be one of my, my uh, random thoughts, not bold, be bold never ceases to amaze me how people who can be so smart and so like good with like the more complex stuff like figuring out like all these different route concepts and knowing like what to use and what situations and all that stuff and just still not be smart enough to realize hey we should really focus on getting our best players the ball the most. And also when we really need like a yard or two or a play here, we should probably try to get the ball to those two players. Why is that so hard? The whole reason those guys are like your best players is because even the best players on the other side have a hard time stopping those guys. Yeah. I mean, and that was my biggest issue with the Raiders for different portions of the season was like, why is Devontae Adams only getting seven targets, nine targets, yeah. five targets in a game? And you look at his targets for the last couple of weeks, it's 17, 14, 13, 11, 12. Like he is a man who should be getting double digit targets every single game, especially yeah. when he's hot like this. But yeah, like I feel like giving the ball to your best players, it's not rocket science, but it seems like it is for some coaches sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you just just gave up a bunch of picks and signed him to a massive deal. If Devontae Adams isn't getting 15 targets a game, then you are not getting value. I like it because it's good for my fantasy team. More <laughs> targets for Devontae Adams. He is currently the number one re- wide receiver in fantasy. Just after this week, because he's been, I sent you the screenshot. But the last couple of weeks, 33 points, 11 points, 29 points, 23 points, 31 points. He has been a monster lately, and he will carry me to victory in the West, and I will bring the trophy home. <laughs> Do it, Devante. All right. You jumped the gun a little bit, but random thoughts from week 13 of the NFL season brought to you by a sponsor to be named later. If you would like to sponsor the random thought segment, please reach out to me on Twitter at fouled out sports or hit up Matt at matador underscore defense. You can find us all over the place on social media, reach out to us and we'll allow you to sponsor the segment. Random thought. Number one, having your game flexed out of prime time is surprisingly painful. As a fan, the Patriots and the aforementioned Raiders 
were supposed to play in primetime on week 15. They were the Sunday night game. And the NFL has decided to flex them out in favor of the Washington fighting Georges versus the Giants. And I, I was just thinking about it. I was like shopping. I was at grocery shopping the other day. I was at Kroger when I heard the news. And I was thinking about it as I walked around and I was like, man, the NFL looked at this and said, Josh McDaniels versus Bill Belichick. Potentially an important game for playoff seeding because they're both the Patriots are six and six. The Raiders are five and seven. If they both win this week, they'll be right on the edge of the playoffs, right? The Patriots could be in the sixth spot and the Raiders could be one game back of the Jets because the Jets play the Bills this week. You took that game. And you're like, God, the Patriots are so hard to watch this season that we're just going to no, 430. We're not going to subject <laughs> America to that. And instead of that game, we're all going to watch Taylor Heineke versus Daniel Jones, the sequel. I was not ready for that amount of my favorite team <laughs> getting shit on. <laughs> it's never happened. This part of the season, they're usually flexing the Patriots into primetime, not out. And I, my feelings were hurt. I was walking around Kroger just thinking like, God, that actually really kind of sucks. At least Fox didn't just like randomly decide to stop airing your game. And like with like four minutes left in the fourth quarter for seemingly no apparent reason. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. But just like for them to look, it's not even like it's this week. They looked at like a future week and they're just like, eh. That game sounds kind of shitty. Let's put something else in there. <laughs> and it's like potentially an important game. I get like that the fighting Georges and the Giants is important, but our game is potentially important too. And it's Belichick Fear versus McDaniels. Yeah. I was just like, wow. I, and like, honestly, I prefer a 430 start to watch the yeah. game just because, you know, it's, it's earlier. I go to bed relatively early and catch yeah. up on the primetime games the next day, but yeah, it just kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> it's just like, damn, I know we're a tough watch, but wow. Yeah, no, that that was going to be like where I was going with the, my random thought is like, primetime football games suck as an adult. <laughs> For some reason, people want me to get into, into the office by like a reasonable time where I'm like, eh, is 11 okay? Um, I've got to, you know, stay up watch these games and then I've got to somehow like get into the office by eight or nine o'clock. That that's literally my hell. <laughs> I have a proposition for you. We move to California and then the primetime games on at five 30, we can still go to dinner when the game's over. <laughs> it's awesome. The people that live out West got it figured out, man. They're just yeah. like, God, if I live out here, I can like football's on when you wake up. I mean, when some of you wake up, I wake up much before 11 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, but some of you don't. I get it. Oh, do you now? Yeah. I'm starting to really sound like a dad, you know, I'm just like, I get up early every day. I'm a dad. It's like when you go on vacation with your parents and your dad is up at like 7 a.m. on vacation and you wake up at noon and he's like, you slept the day away. That's me. I'm that dad now. 
But yeah, I totally agree with you, man. I've always thought it would be really nice to live out West and just like, cool. The game's on at like 11 and then one and five. And I can watch a whole day of football and still take my wife to dinner. It'd be lovely. Yeah. I gotta say, uh, I was not okay when we, uh, or on certified beef and they started throwing out their like weird alternate football start times. It's get out, get that shit out of here. Central time zoners. The central time is like the bastard time zone. Yeah. Cause like Eastern and Pacific are like very well defined. Cause you have the East coast and the West coast. Right. And like central, I don't know who's central and who's not. Cause like, Chicago Central, but so is Tennessee. But like Kentucky's not. But Colorado, I guess Colorado's like mountain time. Yeah, so like mountain time. Minnesota and Iowa are. I'm like, okay, I don't know how this stupid you have this like dumb the one hour and the two hour delay. So central and mountain time, those aren't real times. You either go by Eastern or Pacific, and everybody else should just jump in line. <laughs> That's a really real so, yeah. Thing. So yeah, that's random thought number two. If you're not Eastern or Pacific time, your time is bullshit. Your time's a bastard time. Random thought number three, speaking of certified beef. Shows that give out gambling advice and fantasy picks yeah. have balls, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we were on certified beef uh, this past week. If you guys want to check it out, they are available on Spotify, Apple podcast, anywhere you guys listen to us, you can listen to certified beef. And as part of our appearance on the show, we were asked to give four gambling picks, a favorite, an underdog, an over and an under. And I like really put some effort into it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get these. I ran them by Matt. Matt's like, yeah, I'm cool with those. We had a fifth one that we also threw out, but they put four on a graphic on their Instagram. And there's a picture of me and Matt next to these four picks. Matt, our four picks went 0 and 4. Yeah. Brutal. And I, I was sitting there on Sunday and I was like, God, I, I feel like shit because I, I, I won money on Sunday because we didn't give out all of our picks. We just picked like the four to give out. <laughs> we picked the four <laughs> wrong ones. But here's here's my thing, though. I blame you. Not not because like you picked them and I didn't. Uh, yeah, I still chose to agree with it. I, I blame you. Because you threw out your favorite and it wasn't the one that you sent me in the text. This was the problem. <laughs> and, I, and, and that was the one that hit. I I wrote down two. I wrote down Washington minus 2.5 over the Giants. And then I wrote down the Lions minus one over the Jags. And I texted you Lions minus one. I meant to say Lions minus one. But I looked at my notes and the first one that was on there was Washington minus 2.5. And we were already like 90 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> it's that, And we had to start at 8 o'clock central time, which is 9 o'clock yeah. in real time. So it's like 11 at night. I'm throwing out picks. I'm like exhausted. And I'm like, okay, Washington minus 2.5. <laughs> and then you text me and you're like, didn't you mean lions? And I was like, yeah, I should probably correct that. But also I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm just fucking, the Washington's going to win anyways. It'll be fine. Nope. Oh, for four. You know what the worst part of the whole thing was? On the graphic that they posted, there's a poll that says, who are you riding with? 
and you could pick either one of the hosts of Certified Beef or you could pick us. And 75% of their audience picked us. <laughs> and we fucked them. 75% of them picked us and we fucked them. So if you're here, if you listen to Certified Beef over the weekend and you're like, God, I, I like those guys. We should go listen to them. I am sorry. I am so sorry. I feel like anyone who's doing that right now is currently just hate listening to us. There's like these fucking guys. They're waiting for us to throw out picks for this weekend and then they're going to fade us. So I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm on the Lions money line. I actually just, I placed a bet while we were on the podcast of Lions and Ravens parlay money lines. And there's someone out there right now who's just like fucking pounding the Vikings and Steelers parlay right now. They're just like, fuck this guy. I lost my mortgage. <laughs> Gonna win my mortgage back. Yeah, win that mortgage back, baby. Uh, yeah, but it's just, man, any podcast that's giving out, like in fantasy advice, people are so into fantasy. Uh, and yeah. I follow like content creators on Twitter who take fantasy questions every Sunday. And like, they'll answer 100 questions and get 99 of them right. And the one they get wrong, they get pounded on Sunday night and Monday morning. And I'm just like, man, be nice to your local content creators. And you just got to have balls, man, to be giving out gambling picks or to be given yeah. out stuff like that because people will destroy you for it. Yeah, everyone wants to focus on their Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, currently the only thing that I get destroyed for on Twitter, I got in two big Twitter fights this year. One was Trubisky. that I, yeah, one was the Trubisky <laughs> thing where the Steelers signed him for $10 million. And I said, wow, I would pay $10 million to have Trubisky not be my quarterback. <laughs> the other one, <laughs> maybe even worse, is that someone posted a picture of milk with ice in it. And so I felt like I needed it. I was like, who the fuck <laughs> drinks milk with ice in it? And apparently the same people who are supporting Trubisky came after me about the milk thing. They're like, how else do you drink milk? You want it to be cold, don't you? I'm like, that is disgusting. <laughs> milk with ice in it is disgusting. The people who drink milk with ice in it also probably live in the central time zone. <laughs> it's all bullshit. Uh, for, for, for those people who are like, oh, you, you want it to be cold, don't you? Do you not refrigerate your milk? Why think, is it not already cold? I think about the states that are in the central time zone. <laughs> Wisconsin, Minnesota, <laughs> Iowa, they're probably taking it straight out of the couch. <laughs> so, it probably isn't cold. Oh, no, I know, but it was like, those were my two big Twitter fights. And I'm like, God, I say a lot of hyperbolic things on Twitter about a lot of sports teams. And for people to pick Trubisky and iced <laughs> milk to come after me on, like, come on, pick, just pick something better. I say a lot of stupid shit. Seriously, constantly. 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 It's, it's kind of what we do. There's like 105 oh. episodes of this podcast that's just full of <laughs> stupid stuff. Just come after us about something else. After you threw out the the wrong pick first, at that point I was like, I have no idea what this guy's going to say next, so I am just <laughs> like going to shut the fuck up. It's just like, if I sent you four completely different ones for you to agree with, and I was like, alright, I'm going to get them. The, it was a bad weekend for the picks, too. Like Washington ties, we picked Washington. I say like the pejorative we, it was really just me. 
<laughs> Who's our? We picked the Texans money line, which like I was like, okay, we're probably gonna hit these other three, so we'll throw out like a crazy one, and if we hit it, we'll look like really smart. And that game was an abomination. The Cleveland scored twenty four points, and I'm pretty sure their offense didn't score. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like that one actually. While the score ended up obviously not in our favor, like we were not that on the wrong line of thought. It's just that it's just that Kyle Texans Allen was so bad. Kyle Allen was playing quarterback for the Texans on Sunday, right? It 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 seems like they may have made a wrong choice in making that switch. Yeah, we went over 50 and a half on the Raiders and Chargers, two of the like best offense, worst defense teams in the entire league. And that ended 27 to 20. And then probably the worst one, I was like Sunday night, I'm watching Colts and Cowboys. And I'm like, OK. The other three missed. They're defensible, though, like I the the thought process was correct. They just didn't hit. And I was right. like, we got to have one that hits. We can't go 0 for 4. And like, it's going into the fourth quarter. And I was like, we might actually get this one. It was like under 43 and a half or something like that, or 44 and a half. Explodes. Fucking 33 points in the fourth quarter for Dallas. And we're just like, we're out. And I'll, like, I wake up the next morning and I have a message from Certified Beef on Instagram. And I was like, I'm not answering that. It's not happening. So. Yeah, man, just oof. people that do that every week. I'm sure they're just like numb to it at this point, but I felt bad on Sunday. Like I've got to imagine like draft media is the same way. You're you're bound to have like so many Nate Washingtons. So many Trey Lances. No, we already went over this because we do draft media and it's like. Yeah, but we don't do your rounds like <laughs> That's true. If you were doing like 52 weeks of just draft stuff and then the players that you like sucked, that would be yeah. rough. Also, yeah. we're we're like really good picking draft players. That's like a highlight of this podcast is that yeah. the the my guys are always good. Yeah, that and uh our playoff picks. Hmm, those are good too. I I should have told the certified beef guys before we went on that I actually work for Caesars in Vegas. And that I'm a plant and I'm very convincing because I got 75% of their audience to go 0 and 4 on Sunday. So yeah, that's that. I negotiate contracts for a living. What did you expect me to not be persuasive? Caesars, do you do you wanna you wanna do this? <laughs> you can sponsor random thoughts and we'll give out bad gambling picks every week. Or if you want something other than random thoughts, we'll do it. We'll we'll seriously do whatever you want. Welcome back to Scripted Thoughts, <laughs> brought to you by Caesars. <laughs> this week, you should all bet your mortgages on the Minnesota Vikings, plus two and a half at the Detroit Lions. <laughs> all right, random thought number four. Really, this would be random thought number three in Central Time. Week 14 bye weeks prove that the NFL does not give an F about your fantasy team. Oh, hell no. This is the last week. This is like the last week of the regular season for the vast majority of fantasy football leagues. Maybe even the first week of the playoffs for some. 
Uh, and there are some pretty significant players who have buys this week. So like Chicago is on a buy. Uh, the Colts are on a buy. A couple other teams are on a buy. So, you know, like Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, eh. I'm looking at the other teams, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, like players that people are using. And like some of the better players yeah. on people's rosters are out this week. Yeah. Christian Watson. Now he's been pretty big mm-hmm. the last few weeks. Yeah. He's been great. So I was just thinking about this. I'm, I'm like firmly locked into the fifth seed in the Western league that we play in together mm-hmm. because I am one game behind the rest of you who are all competing for the first seed. And my points are lower, so I'm not going to catch anybody. And I'm two games ahead of six. So I mean, I'm like eight and five. I got a good record, especially after starting two and four. I'm pretty proud of yeah, where I yeah. am now. Six and one in the last seven weeks. You Probably peaked when you needed to to get in. It's just that you can only peak for so long. I haven't even begun to peak, Matthew. <laughs> the So like, but I was looking at it and I was like, man, I have to start my backup quarterback this week. Like there are so many people that are off. I've thrown this out before, but my thought on what the NFL should do is have two weeks in the season where all of the teams are off. Yeah. So take it from like a 17 week to like a 19 week regular season. Mm -hmm. And like after the first like six games, everybody's off. And then the next six games, everybody's off and then you play like your last five. I can't believe I just did the math correctly on that. That's a fucking miracle. That way, like it's fair for everybody. Cause like the people who have the week four buy or the week five buy, whatever the first buy is now you don't get another buy for the yeah. whole rest of the season. You don't get a week off the people who have this late buy. They've had to pay, like play 13 straight weeks and now they have this stupid late buy. I would just make it fair. And those weeks where the NFL is off, everybody's going to be talking about the NFL anyway. Right. You know, so I would just, I'd just do it that way and give everybody two buys, make them all the same time. Everybody's better rested. We got better times. Let's go. It's fair for everybody. Your fantasy league. You could just take a week off and like take a deep breath and just be like, huh, oh, I don't have to worry about my fantasy team this weekend. I don't think I necessarily like got it down to that exact specifics but i have been as soon as they went to the 17 game schedule i thought like yeah they should really just go to two buys now because look if you're gonna like talk out your ass about player safety you can't extend the season in an already massively injury prone sport and then not build in more rest time for players. I mean, they're not going to do it because, you know, that's lost ticket sales and yada, yada, yada. It's not really a loss, but like it's less weeks that it's happening. Yeah. It's like one less week where it's happening, like two less weeks during the season. But the NFL is something if the NFL was going on 52 weeks a year, people would watch it 52 weeks a year. Right. It doesn't matter what you do with NFL scheduling. You're just, you're just going to make a shitload of money all the time. Yeah. Well, that's that's always been my thing about 
the the NFL like very clearly but not admitting they're doing it like pushing certain teams shoving them down your throats it's like have you paid attention to our behavior at all the last 30 years you could put two high school teams out there toss it to the NFL and we'd still fucking watch it wait do I do I have that guy on my fantasy team okay <laughs> I'm in can I gamble on this yeah I I mean I it doesn't have to be like a week completely off for everybody but like yeah. I would have two bye weeks I would condense them I would I would not have a week 14 bye like that just seems ridiculous to me yeah no I mean that it also like there's a shift in competitive balance for teams based off of when their buy is and you know sometimes it doesn't necessarily play out to the advantage or disadvantage in the way that you expect preseason uh, for the Lions that early buy actually wound up being very beneficial for them because they really needed to get people back that week when everyone has only one bye week and it's a different week for for everyone and then you're extending the season it just it's a stupid messy system that is unnecessarily flawed <laughs> yeah I don't love it fix the buys but that is it for us. As always, Fouled Out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. You can see our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Podcast. And you can find our additional podcast on patreon.com slash Fouled Out. I dropped a podcast over the weekend of like emptying out my sports notebook. We talked about the World Cup, the college football playoff, the Sacramento Kings start to the season. This upcoming week, I want to drop a podcast that is the best bowl games for college football bowl season that I'm looking forward to outside of the college football playoff. So we got that. Matt and I are going to do an episode about college football quarterbacks over the next three drafts. There's going to be some hockey. There's going to be some NBA. There's, going to, there's all sorts of stuff on there. And you can get all of that content for just $3. Do you know how much people are paying for Taylor Swift tickets right now? About tree fitting? About $500,000. Well, yeah, I was going to say like about $350,000. No, it's like some ludicrous amount. <laughs> for like front row. You could either spend Probably. all that money on Taylor Swift yeah. tickets or you could subscribe yeah. to the podcast for just $3 yeah. a month. Yeah, no, I know like the cheapest tickets for Taylor Swift are like hundreds of dollars. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And the podcast, the Patreon, is only $3. Yeah, you ain't got to play tree fitting. You get like four hours of content a month. Yeah. Come on. That's, that's not even $1 per hour Come of on. content. At this rate, it would be silly for you not to do it. Yeah. I feel like one of those like infomercials for like CD sets. Where it's like, these deals are crazy. At these prices, you would be crazy not to buy the Beatles' greatest hits. We're basically paying you to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> but go go check it out. It's really yeah. good. It's fun. And on, on a very, very different note, um, obviously we are into December now. Uh, holiday season is rolling up. The Detroit Lions podcast every year does this charity event for uh, St. Jude's in Detroit to try to 
give obviously these kids and their families who are going through horrible horrible times uh a good christmas uh so if anyone is interested in you know giving back to something like that during this time of year that's a really really good opportunity um and i know that they make a really big difference for several families every year so uh that's something that i highly recommend that was a nice final thought when you started that i didn't know where it was going but i was pretty sure it was going to end with jose calderon <laughs> i thought about it yeah i i, I wasn't sure how i was going to slip him into that but uh clearly that's just the i've been fighting off like a food coma since <laughs> since like maybe like 20 minutes before we started so it's okay we still figured it out but yeah. all right my friend i will see you soon later all right bye guys bye, bye mom, mom.